This story is brought to your ears by all our fantastic supporters on Patreon. To get in on the action yourself with bloopers, extras, and the occasional early story, join us at patreon.com slash voiceofallmtg. We'd like to thank our newest patrons, Eric Lindstrom and Jeff Ginger, for already donating. For more stories, or just a chat, visit voiceofallmtg.com or find us on Twitter at voiceofallmtg. And now, Voice of All presents Broken Brow, Episode 3 of Caldheim Extras by Roy Graham and Jenna Helland. Above the felt mark, the sun hung like a silver coin, washing out the green fields into a slow roll of undulating gray, a featureless canvas ready to be splashed red. There would be a battle today. Not a grand clash of armies, nothing that would make it into the sagas, just a skirmish, really. On one side, a pack of Skella raiders, bedecked in grisly trophies, steel thorns jutting from black armor, cruel blades hooking and curving like ugly grins. On the other side, significantly fewer, but there nonetheless, were the Tuscary. Scarcely a war party in truth. No more than a dozen, less than half the warriors that stalked toward them across the open plains. And yet they swaggered forward with all the confidence of roosters. There would be a battle today. And judging from what Nyala saw, it would be a brief one. But it would be a battle nonetheless. So she and Elaine, Shepherd and Reaper, had come to watch and to judge. There! Elaine gestured with one long and thin finger at the Tuscary farthest out in front. That's their new leader. Arnie Brokenbrow, they call him. Great warrior, great gambler, great drinker by all accounts. Nyalis squinted. He was smaller than most of the warriors behind him, and not as broad-shouldered either. About the only thing that set him apart, other than his bright red hair, was the strange shard of bone which protruded from one side of his forehead like a single horn, narrow and pointed where it met his skull and tapering out into a jagged base at the end. Leader? Of all of them? All of them. What is he doing here, then? Elaine shrugged. My guess? He was bored? Nyala frowned. To her, a Valkyrie, no mortal seemed to last longer than a sunny afternoon, but the daring and reckless souls of the Tuscary clan flickered out quicker than most. If anything, their leader's mad gambits for valor tended to end them even faster than the rank and file, and Brokenbrow appeared to be no exception. It looked like he would be joining his predecessors at the table in Starnheim soon. With almost painful slowness, the two groups drew closer to one another, Skella spreading out into a crescent shape so wide as to nearly encircle the Tuscary. From the rear of both sides came a few curious arrows, most landing on shields with a few burying themselves here and there into the grass. It had almost arrived, the moment the true selves of each warrior would be revealed. Would they turn and flee to be cut down by their enemies, or by a lane if they got far enough? Or would they stand and fight, and die a glorious death that Nyala could reward them for? With an easy motion, Arnie slipped his sword from its scabbard and spun it once, testing the weight. And then he grinned. In fact, he seemed to be grinning right at her. Nyala froze. It was impossible, just a coincidence. 
Even the wisest of mortals couldn't see a Valkyrie unless she wished to be seen. And yet, she couldn't help but feel as if he were trying to tell her something. As if he were saying, Watch this. At the last moment, when both groups were no more than ten strides from each other, the Tuskery broke into a sudden charge, straight at the middle of the Skella line. At the very front was Arnie Brokenbrow, sword held high in front of him, bellowing a war cry that sounded more joyous than wrathful. Well then, he certainly has that Tuskery bravado. Yala exhaled. The moment with Brokenbrow, if there had been such a moment, had passed. It seems as though your duties won't need fulfilling today, sister. She allowed herself a small smile. We'll see. There's time yet for a bit of cowardice to strike. The Tuskery charge had caught their foes off guard. The Skella hurriedly tried to set a line of spears, and as Nyala watched, the new leader of the Tuskery leaped into the air, over the spear tips, over the swinging axes, even over the raised shields, and brought his sword down straight through the helmet of a wild-looking man in the front row. A breath later, the lines collided with a deafening crash of steel on steel, blades clanging off one another, shields driven together with brutal force, armor shuddering with impact. Niala's smile faltered. In a moment, it was clear that the Skella couldn't hold the line. They had spread themselves too thin trying to encircle their enemy. The Tuskery punched straight through, cleaving the main body of the raiders in half. It didn't take long after that. Soon the Skella were broken, fleeing across the open plains. Wordlessly, Elaine slipped away to do her dark work. Nyala only watched in dumb amazement as Arnie, in the aftermath, planted his rear on a pile of dead warriors nearly as tall as he was, laughing like a man at his wedding. Well, well, sister! Elaine appeared again by Nyala's side with a smirk. It seems your duties are the ones that won't need fulfilling today. In the endless Hall of Starnheim, heroes of every age, from every clan, from peoples throughout the Ten Realms of Kaldheim, feasted and drank for all time. The table couldn't be contained by earthly geometry. It was precisely as long as it needed to be to accommodate the glorious, the valorous, the beings of all race and creed that had earned their seat. And yet, despite knowing this, Nyala couldn't help but feel that one spot along the endless, peerless structure seemed emptier than it should have been. By all rights, Broken Brow should have died earlier that day. As a Valkyrie of Starnheim, she had a nose for such things. But. With some embarrassment, Nyala realized that she didn't know much else about him. Here, at least, such things were easily remedied. She found Hormgart deep into his cups. Not a difficult task, when the cups were as bottomless as one might desire. Of the dwarven scalds that had won their place at the table, Nyala had always had a soft spot for him. His storytelling always had a grandfatherly ring to it, rather than the boasting theatrics of the others. With the back of one arm, Hormgart wiped at his mustache, gone gray countless centuries ago, and belched. Yala! What an unexpected honor it is, this... this honor. Hormgart, I was hoping you might be able to tell me about someone. A mortal. You know, it's not as if we all know each other. He's the new leader of the Tuskery. Arnie. Arnie Brokenbrow. Surely you must have heard something. 
Through the haze of drink, she could see his stone-colored eyes glinting in the firelight. Ah, broken brow. Well, now that you mention it, yes, I suppose I've heard a tale or two. Farther down the table, a song had broken out. Ranks of warriors swayed in time, humming an old tune about a beskier battle maiden and the mob of suitors she had turned into a war party. The battle maiden in question led the song herself, conducting with fingers outstretched. Hormgart didn't seem to notice. His knobby, weathered hand settled on his knees, as if bracing himself. Nyala saw the dozens of little adjustments he made, the straightening of his back, the tilting of his head, the clearing of his throat. Hormgart had a story to tell. You know, he wasn't always called Broken Brow. Oh? He was called Goldleeper once. Hormgart tapped his nose. Until one fateful day. One fateful day, deep in the Tusk Mountains, word spread of a scourge of murderous trolls terrorizing villages all along the Red Ridge. Now, the Tuskery, being who they were, couldn't have been more pleased at the news. Trolls meant danger, and danger meant a chance at daring, and daring meant an opportunity to make your name. Of all the Tuskery warriors saddling up to hunt trolls, for there were many indeed, it happened to be a small band, led by none other than Arnie Goatleaper, who began their search on the very slope in which the trolls had made their den. In the high crags of the Tusk Mountains, flanked on all sides by jutting spears of red stone, Nyala and Elaine watched the man known as Arnie Brokenbrow court death once again. This time, it wasn't the cold steel of a Skella raiding party that might deliver it. It was a dragon. A hellkite, technically. Fine. A hellkite, then. Terminology aside, it was massive, all tooth and claw and barbed spine, with four curving horns and a tail that whipped through the air in terrible, scything arcs. Arnie and his band of Tuskery had it surrounded, but it wasn't doing them much good. Anytime one of them darted in with a spear or an axe, a slash of that fearsome tail made them reconsider. Just outside the loose circle of warriors, seemingly oblivious to the thrashing, snarling beast, Arnie Brokenbrow fiddled with a length of rope. What's he doing? He'll never die a worthy death just... just tying knots. Down in the crags, one man stepped forward, bellowing bravely, and swung a heavy two-handed sword into the flank of the beast. It bounced off the scaled hide as if he had swung with all his might into a rock. The hellkite curled its serpentine head around and fixed him with a pair of coal-red eyes. And the man dropped his sword and ran as fast as his legs could carry him. Don't you have duties to attend to? Elaine watched the man belly dive to the floor of the canyon to avoid a lash of the beast's tail. In this case, I would say that was less an act of cowardice than of common sense. Arnie tugged at the series of knots one more time and, satisfied, stood up. Now Nyala could see that he had tied a loop into the rope. Slowly, at first, he began to spin it around his head. 
With an expert toss, he flung the lasso straight into the path of the Hellkite's head, where it snagged on one of the horns and pulled taut. Instinctively, the creature jerked back, taking Arnie with it. Nyala gasped as the Tuscary leader was slung into the air, directly toward one of the natural spires ringing the valley floor. But just before he slammed into it, Arnie seemed to twist in the air. Instead of hitting the red stone spine first, he landed on it with both boots, his body compressing like a spring. To Nyala, it almost seemed like he had meant to do that. The Hellkite seemed to understand what had just happened even less than the Valkyrie. With an air-splitting shriek, it thrashed backwards. In the split second before it pulled him from the rock, Nyala saw it again. That grin from before. What's this? This time the beast jerked straight away, rearing back and yanking Arnie straight toward him. When he landed just behind the creature's head, coiled rope in hand, he took only a moment to steady himself, as if he were on the back of a rocking ship rather than a raging monster. It pitched and turned, but with the rope held tight and his weight dropped low, Arnie couldn't be shaken off. It wasn't just Nyala watching as Arnie slipped his blade from its scabbard and held it up, glinting like a mirror in the sunlight. All the Tuscary gasped, wide-eyed, as their leader drove their blade between the creature's horns. A moment later, its mammoth body crashed and Unbelievable. He actually... He actually... It seems that your favorite human lives to fight another day. Elaine finished the thought for her, but Nyala could barely hear her. She was thinking instead of the story Hormgard had told her. Arnie's naming story. After a long and arduous climb, Arnie and his band of brave warriors paused to catch their breath. It was then that they heard the telltale sounds of trolls, bone-snapping animals growling, and that grumbling, rumbling language of theirs spilling out from a nearby cave. Creeping closer, Arnie found far more than just a couple stone-eaters. There seemed to be a whole reeking warring of the creatures. Arnie and his warriors were outnumbered, that was certain. But if they left now to round up more sword hands, someone else might stumble across this cave and steal their glory before they could return. Now, Arnie was a mighty warrior, that much was true. But he was more than simply strong. He was cunning, too. After a few whispered words, and a blessing or two from the cleric they had brought along for the climb, Arnie stepped out from behind the rock. I, he said, to the surprised faces and gaping, tusked mouths, staring at his sudden arrival. You're the lot that have been raiding up and down the ridge. Now, I've got a whole army of berserkers out there, ready to tear your heads off. But I figured I'd give you a chance to settle this a different way. A headbutting contest, he proposed, grinning. Loser packs up and leaves these mountains forever. Without a doubt, Tover Giant's blood was the biggest human Nyala had ever seen. 
He stood a full head and a half over the other Kana warriors that emerged from the tree line. His bare chest, tattoos dancing with each steaming breath, was twice as broad as any other present. Even the massive pines of the Alder Guard seemed somehow diminished when he passed under them. Arnie was rarely the largest person in the room, but in front of Giant's blood, he seemed little more than a boy. This is it! Nyala watched from where they were off to the side, flapping her wings now and then to get a better look. This must be an honor duel with that? Broken Brow's death has finally, finally found him. And what a glorious death it would be. Nyala could hardly wait to congratulate him on a valorous life, to show him the endless halls in which he would spend eternity drinking, feasting, and fighting. She had already waited so damn long. Elaine, though, didn't seem convinced. She only tilted her head, a small smile on her face. What? Well, it's not like the last eight times turned out the way you thought they might. It's starting to sound like wishful thinking is all. Nyala scowled and turned back to the assembled warriors. They had formed a circle now, twelve paces across, Kana and Tuskery both closing in the two men. From his back, Giant's blood unslung an axe. It was a weapon for ogres, for trolls, with a double-bladed head of solid iron, but he seemed to heft it easily enough. Broken brow! I'll give you one last chance to repent. Grovel before me and my ancestors. Beg our forgiveness for desecrating the resting place of my family. And you can leave this circle alive. His voice shook the snow from nearby trees. But Arnie only scratched his red beard, grinning. Ah, where's the fun in that, Tover? Though, being honest, all this seems like a lot of trouble. Surely you've gotten lost and pissed somewhere you shouldn't have before. <laughs> Giant's blood's lips curled back at that, revealing teeth like stone slabs. <sighs> Draw your blade, little man. Obligingly, Arnie pulled his sword from his scabbard. Against his opponent, it seemed little more than a dagger, but still glinted bright and sharp in the weak blood sky sun. There was no cautious circling, no testing of one another's form. With an ursine roar, Giant's blood charged forward, swinging the axe in an arc nearly as broad as the circle itself. Arnie ducked beneath it and moved to close the gap between them, but Giant's blood had that monstrous axe head crashing toward him again in a heartbeat. Arnie jumped back, dancing along the edge of the circle, and Nyala pumped her fist in a happy triumph. Fight bravely. Yes. Be courageous and heroic, and actually die this time! Again the big man swung, and again Arnie tried to dart forward before Giant's blood could recover. This time, though, he caught a boot to the stomach and tumbled backwards into the knees of the warriors surrounding them. Nyala couldn't help but wince at the impact. A moment later, Arnie was back on his feet. Again and again, those terrible swings failed to cleave Arnie in half, but he couldn't seem to do much more than dodge and duck and roll. It wasn't just Giant's Blood's long arms that made the man hard to close with. It was the way those broad and murderous strokes never seemed to cease. Any ordinary warrior would have been wheezing and panting by now, but obviously Tover Giant's Blood was no ordinary warrior. 
He stepped in for another swing, and Arnie braced himself to dodge. Suddenly, Tover brought up the haft of the axe in a sharp jab, cracking into Arnie's jaw and sending him flying. A feint! That big one's not the mindless brute he appears to be. Nyala didn't respond. Her eyes were fixed on Arnie, who spat blood into the snow as he picked himself up off the ground. He wasn't smiling. There was a focused look to his face now, the seriousness the Valkyrie had never seen before. A strange feeling began to bubble and swirl in Nyala's stomach. Was she worried? As Giant's blood swung again, this attack no less brutal and quick than his countless others, Arnie didn't dodge, duck, or roll. He stepped into the swing, toward his enemy, inside the path of the axe head, and chopped down at the wooden half with his sword. There was a splintering crack, and the circle momentarily parted as men and women leaped out of the way of the freed axe head. It buried itself in the trunk of one of the towering pines surrounding them. Arnie, too, was sent reeling by the force of the blow. For a moment, Giant's blood seemed stunned. He stared at the broken haft in his hand, now no better than a walking stick. But his broken brow picked himself up off the ground for the third time that day. The Kana warrior lunged forward. Before Arnie could bring up his sword, Giant's blood cinched him tight in a bear hug, pinning his arms to his sides and lifting him off the ground. Arnie thrashed and squirmed. He kicked, struggled, and swore. But all the wily speed and daring he'd shown earlier was useless now. He had been caught like a rabbit in a snare. A crowd of warriors, which had been whooping and shouting moments before, went quiet. All Nala could hear was the small, muffled gasps Arnie made as Giant's blood squeezed tighter and tighter, the sinews on his massive arms bulging with effort. The sword dropped from the Tuscary leader's hand, landing soundlessly in the slurry of snow and dirt underneath them. Nyala, perhaps, perhaps you shouldn't see this. Elaine put a hand on her shoulder, her voice surprisingly tender. No, I have to be here, at the end. A few more moments, a few more labored breaths, and it would be over. She could finally escort Arnie to Starnheim, she could, at last, bring him to the eternal reward he deserved. Wasn't that what she wanted? It was her duty. It was her honor. And yet, Nyala found that she didn't want Arnie to be crushed to death by this bear of a man. She wanted him to find some way out of this mess, as he had always seemed to. She wanted him to win. She didn't want the legend of Arnie Brokenbrow to pass into history just yet. In fact, she wouldn't allow it. Nyala spread her wings and moved toward the circle, but before she could get any closer, Elaine stepped in front of her. Nyala, it's an honor duel, but- And even if it wasn't, we are Valkyries. It is not our place to intercede in the affairs of mortals. You know this. It was true, all of it. Only Nyala didn't care. She was trying to think of some point, some argument that would move her sister out of the way. And she saw it over Elaine's shoulder. Arne was grinning, a grin she had seen so many times before. <laughs> Watch this. Giant's blood had lifted him fully into the air now, all the better to leverage that monstrous strength of his. For the first time in the fight, the two saw eye to eye. Arne drew his head back, back, back. 
And suddenly Nyala remembered how Hormgart's story had ended. How Arnie Brokenbrow had gotten his name. Hours passed. The sun sank low over the red peaks of the Toast Mountains. And still, Arnie and the Troll continued. Both were tired, bloodied, dizzy from the constant impacts, but Arnie was still grinning as he stepped forward for yet another headbutt. The troll, on the other hand, looked like he could scarcely believe what was happening. The human was actually keeping up with a troll in a headbutting contest. He was ashamed, but more than that, he was frightened. What if this small, grinning man actually beat him? In that moment of fear and uncertainty, the troll decided to do something not unfamiliar to troll kind. He decided to cheat. It was time. Both Arnie and the troll set their feet and craned their necks back for a savage blow. But just as Arnie swung forward, the troll angled his tusks up toward the tuskery's brow. It was, of course, a terrible mistake. There were many as strong or stronger than Arnie Goatleaper, and many as cunning or more cunning. But few who matched his strength or his cunning could also match the thickness of his skull. There was a sound like striking lightning, a crack that reverberated throughout the cave. When it passed, the troll lay flat on his back. One of his tusks snapped off at the root. Above him, victorious and bloody, troll bone embedded in his forehead was Arnie Goatleaper. Only his name was Goatleaper no longer. Thank you for listening to this production of Voice of All. As listener-supported entertainment, we rely on you, not just for the voices of the characters, but also to keep us going and growing. If you enjoyed what you heard, please support us by reviewing and following us on your favorite podcast apps or YouTube, or just plain sharing with your friends. You can also support us financially on Patreon for exclusive perks. Broken Brow was written by Roy Graham and Jenna Helland. The podcast was produced and edited by Gendo Okeshi, with sound editing by Noxshade. This week's story featured the voice talents of Rebecca Sternberg, Sarah Cannon, Jake Everett, Chris Bellinger, and Sam Parrish. Voice of All is unofficial fan content, permitted under the Wizards of the Coast fan content policy. Magic the Gathering is copyright, Wizards of the Coast. Thanks so much for listening. Y'all have a great day.